Hello, everybody, and welcome to Wisteria Lane Poker Club, the series rewatch podcast all about those desperate housewives of Wisteria Lane. I'm Mary Wisforden. And I'm Brett McCrindle. We are two Vancouver Island comics who share a passion for drama and, of course, scandal. Join us each week as we rewatch and recap every episode, every season, every moment of Desperate Housewives. Along the way, we are going to deep dive into the characters' choices, the writers' mistakes, and which plots survived the test of time. We also have some fun segments like HOA hijinks, where we talk about possible infractions we catch in the episode, like parking in the middle of the road, or someone didn't rake their lawn, and were those roses pruned properly? <laughs> and a few other surprises as the season progresses. We are so happy for you to be here with us on episode three for our little podcast, all about a show that's nearly 20 years old and very dear to both of us. This show is ingrained in my childhood. It's my yearly comfort show, and I don't think I could put a number to how many times I've watched it. And I've been waiting my whole time, my whole, this whole time, to find someone to talk about it with. It's fate. It's cosmic. It's the Wisteria Lane Poker Club. How are you feeling about it, Brett? I'm ready to rip here. Yeah. I can put a number to how many times I have watched the show. <laughs> It is uh, three, so this will be my fourth <laughs> watch, and I'm I'm so excited for it because it's been a few years uh, since I've tuned in. So I want to see the growth that I've made and how the show impacts me uh, today. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. let's get rolling here, everybody. Please mix yourself a cocktail, pour yourself a glass of wine, pull up a seat, and let's get the cards on the table. Let's talk about the road so far. This show started with a bang with Mary Alice Young's blackmail and subsequent suicide. Lynette, Gabby, Susan, and Bree, they find the blackmail note, but decide to keep it a secret from Paul, Mary Alice's widower, and their son, Zach, until they have a little bit more information. Meanwhile, Gabby and Carlos continue to have a tumultuous relationship, and Gabby continues her affair with her underage gardener, John Rowland. Martha Huber finds suspicious evidence in the rubble of Edie Britt's home that may connect Susan to the fire. Lynette has too many children and an absent husband and a hair trigger temperature. Temper. <laughs> and Paul Young tries to keep secrets of his own by dumping a toy chest he has buried under his pool into a local lake to sink it to the bottom. Though unfortunately for Paul, not all things stay sunk. And something important we didn't talk about last week, Mike has a secret cupboard with money and a gun and what look like newspaper clippings. What are his secrets and what is he on the lane for? Thank you for bringing that up. I totally forgot about that. But yeah, he's got yeah. like the, the map and like, yeah, and, and he's taking bios on all the housewives. And Edie was cleaning his house and she totally missed it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay, I gotta I gotta log that away somewhere. <laughs> this week we had a lot of excitement and a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. I'm talking implied nudity. I'm talking finger foods, bicycle stunts, apologies, laughing, and crying after ejaculation. <laughs> <laughs> the wives honor a dinner party date Ma Mary Alice had planned. 
which uh, happens to be John Mayer's birthday. Oh. John Mayer? John Mayer? Yeah, which happens to be John Mayer's birthday. <laughs> October 16th. Oh. It's two, day- two days before my sister's birthday. What? Mm-hmm. Each of the wives have a rocky road to get to this dinner date, though. And then even once they're there, it kind of stays rocky. Lynette clashes with Tom, uh, once again, about uh, work-life balance. Gabby teaches the neighborhood youth about power dynamics and how to ride a bike. Bree and Rex concoct a bulletproof cover for their therapy session. And Susan bears it all to Mike. And then emotionally bears it all to Carl's new girlfriend. Mm. And Paul and Zach kind of hold each other hostage and, and skip the dinner party. Very intense. And sadly, there was no Edie or Miss Huber this week. I noticed that as well. Yeah, the absence was noted. It was, it was a bummer. This episode started with a cremation and mary alice says she lets go of everything but thoughts and feelings essentially which i didn't even i don't even understand the metaphysics of that but it was uh interesting to see her get cremated because we saw like her tombs her grave last week so like that's just a hole in the ground yeah, that was weird. Did they like go back and dig her up and they're like, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> we we changed our mind on this one. Yeah. That's what we're going to do. We we decided we want to keep her uh with us, keep her close. Yeah, like her and Paul had plans to get buried together and then she committed suicide and Paul's like, I'm going to burn her. Well, maybe it comes uh Maybe he changed, maybe he did change his mind because at the end of the episode, something happens that would make him want to be close to the, his wife's body. Okay. He, yeah. We'll talk about it when we get there. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> it is weird that she was buried last week and then immediately cremated. Maybe that's just like a writer mess up, but that's a pretty big one. Yeah. And it was kind of a a disturbing shot of her like week old core. I don't, I don't know much about human body decay but it yeah it didn't look fresh no well i mean she must have been embalmed and all that or sort of stuff you know do you embalm if you're gonna uh, burn i think so oh okay i don't know that's something we'll have to look up and talk about next week because (laughs) i i have no idea actually i don't know why i even said i think so because i know nothing about the mortuary business yeah, I know as much as I want to, I think. Yeah, yeah, awesome. I feel exactly the same way, where I'm like, mm, you know what? I'm good. <laughs> uh, we then go to Brie and Rex, and Brie is all mask, and she's afraid of being caught not being absolutely perfect. Yeah, Mary Alice, is is she throwing shade at her? Or just like... She is. She's like, I remember how perfect she was, but her eyes were the had fear in them like i don't know like some sort of prey animal it was awful (laughs) yeah between this episode and last episode i'm now kind of starting to question mary alice's motivations yeah why isn't she ascended (laughs) well no just like her narration style is like yeah she's she's kind of reveling in the the torment that her friends are going through 
I think, you know, it kind of comes into, she's like, well, I didn't know anything about these people now, but now that I'm like this dead, disembodied voice and memory, I can look into these people's lives and be like, oh man, these people were just as fucked up as I was. Also love in this scene, like, uh, Brie is upset that Rex is sleeping on the couch. She wants him back in bed. Mm -hmm. And then he says... This weirdest thing. This really caught me off guard when he goes, Brie, we're in marriage counseling. Don't you think that would confuse things? Yeah. Just because you're in marriage counseling doesn't mean you can't share the same bed. Like, what are you talking about? It does illustrate how Rex is doing the counseling, I think, just to humor her. Like, he... Yeah. No, he's given up. He wants out. Yeah, yeah. he's given up completely. But then Brie improvises a saw trap to, like get him back in bed and like uh yeah what does she do again she's cutting the bars or like the little wires and like poking them up so that when he's laying on bed he's getting like stabbed basically through this like thin little mattress listen we love a manipulative queen <laughs> yeah <laughs> just trying to freddy krueger him it's it's not manipulation, it's outcome management, and the outcome is he's back <laughs> in bed, okay? Yeah. That's what she wants. She misses him, he doesn't care, she doesn't care about his comfort. <laughs> yeah, I mean, will the means justify, ends justify the means? That's the hope, man, we don't know. Yeah. And then they're all reading the paper, and everyone's personalities matched their paper articles. Bree's got decorating, Lynette has business, Gabby has fashion, Susan has miscellaneous, you know? Yeah, yeah. Which, did you read the newspaper growing up? Not really, no. Oh, I kind of did, because my parents got it every day. Yeah. And I also had my sections. It was the comics, it, you know. Yeah, of course, I read the comics, but yeah. I didn't read the rest of the newspaper. Okay, I, neither did I, but I still counted as <laughs> reading the newspaper. <laughs> yeah i would flip it open and read it as i ate my uh, my breakfast cereal <laughs> i could just say cereal you could we we understood what you're talking about <laughs> but i do love that uh that they have that uh that tide and i thought that was clever mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh susan realizes what date it is on her newspaper and we get a um, memory flash. Do you want to tell everyone what that memory flash was? We go back to the first time we see the Wisteria Lane Poker Club. Ah, there we are. On Wisteria Lane. Our namesake is finally here. Woo! This feels like when you're watching a movie and they say the, the name of the movie at some point in the dialogue. I feel it. I feel like we hit that. I feel it. And it's it's thrilling to be on this side of it <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing it was an amazing feeling uh and they're talking about well mary alice is talking about how she wants to throw a dinner party she's been wanting to throw a dinner party for years and she's chosen a date was it a week from today that doesn't track to me that she's never thrown a dinner party. I guess no. we don't know much about her, but I assume she's like the other housewives. I assume she goes to dinner parties, but I feel like her and Paul have some secrets and they keep their house closed. 
Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I feel like everyone talks about, oh, they always come to their house and blah, 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 but we've never really... And she does say, like, I've wanted to have you guys over for years. Whose house are they having the poker club anyway? Is it Mary Alice's? I... Shit, I'm trying to remember. I I don't I don't think it's yeah it must be Mary Alice's yeah unless we unless maybe Gat no we've seen Gabby's table yeah and it it didn't look like Bree's big ass fancy house that I remember no. but maybe Susan I just remember there being a lot of natural light and I, was I know like, Susan showed up late with chips okay so she probably didn't show up late to her own house no okay. Good point. I think it was Mary Alice's house, actually. Yeah, maybe that that there's a big step between poker club and dinner party. Yeah, yeah, because at dinner party, everyone has to walk around your home and mingle. Hmm. Uh, oh, also, when Susan finds that note with the date on it, October sixteenth, she immediately runs to all the other wives in the neighborhood and shows yeah. them the note. Like they don't. <laughs> It just says October 16th. <laughs> like, I, she's just showing off her, like, organization skills. Look or, at my like, sticky note. <laughs> like, you probably don't remember this. And I'm not gaslighting you. I've got the receipts. And then immediately Bree's like, isn't that in poor taste? And then quickly changes her mind. And she's like, wait, I can throw the best dinner party ever. Yeah, she can't help herself. She can't help herself. She needs to do it. I get it. After all the girls decide to throw this party, Susan wants to invite Mike to the memorial dinner, which, I mean, okay. Is it a memorial dinner or is it just a fun get-together? I feel just as uncomfortable as when he was at the funeral. He doesn't know this woman. No. But yeah, Susan just can't help. She's got to have Mike, I guess. Can't help herself. Wait, he was doing so. He was just jogging by or something, wasn't he? Maybe he was just looking. Yeah, so he was good. just jogging by and all sweaty. And she was like, hmm, gotta take a bite of that southern beef jerky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, but he does end up going. So, yeah. He, well, he agrees to go after a certain thing happens, uh, which is later on in the episode because she mentions that she calls him several times and he doesn't pick up so she left a message right 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 then it's carlos and gabby's turn to talk about the dinner party and carlos says he can't make the dinner party which upsets gabby and he tells her to relax he's got like a dinner with tanaka or something yeah he's got some sort of business meeting or he's going out of town right uh and so, yeah, he tells Gabby to relax. And what does she do? She calls John Rowland. And where is he? School. Fourth period. Gym clothes and everything. And then she, <laughs> then she requests the gym clothes. All right. Gross. She's like, I want to see you again and make sure you wear those little shorts. Make sure you're sweaty. Yeah. I kind of feel gross just saying that. I know. <laughs> but that's, this is from the mouths of babes. <laughs> Lynette wants to go to the Tom, uh, to the dinner party, but Tom wants to stay home. 
yeah, Lynette it just needs to get out of that house. Mm-hmm. And of course she's going to want to do it with her husband. Hasn't seen him in a while. They seem to have a fun repartee. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe not fun, but <laughs> they have they have a, a back and forth going. They do. He says something really awful to her uh, at the end of this scene. He does. Yeah, this is a brutal scene for Tom. Yeah, he says something like, if they're just kids or something like that. No, like, he says, I don't think you remember what it's like working 60 hours. Oh, yeah. And like, then he throws the banana peel into the clean laundry. Okay, you're confirming that was a banana peel? Yes. Thank God. I thought it was. And I was like, there's no way he just threw a banana peel. No, he was eating a banana and then he just tossed it into her. Like, no thought to the unpaid labor that she does keeping their house and their children, like, running while he's not there. Yeah. She's working 24-7, and he's like, yeah, 60-hour work week, and I'm away in camp, which means that when I'm off the clock, I get to go to bed. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm living in a hotel, so I don't have to clean up anything. Like, Tom! Like, she... Lynette should be so lucky to only have to work 60 hours. Lynette wishes she could do Tom's job. That's the whole thing of Lynette's character. She's like, I hate being a stay-at-home mom. I want to do my husband's job. I could do my husband's job. She did her husband's job. That's how they met. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then we get to see, uh, then we jump back to Susan's house. And Carl is picking up Julie for a mm-hmm. weekend getaway. Mm-hmm. Carl with his bright red sports car and his blonde little girlfriend. Oh, yeah. Bought a cabin. He owns the cabin that they're going to? That's what guess... She said you can buy a cabin, but you can't afford child support. Oof. And Carl is like, hey, you don't understand. da 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 Brandy with an eye, very disrespectful. She throws a can at Susan. That oh, that can has such a funny journey. I forgot about that. And then there's a big fight between Carl and Susan, and of course Mike sees it all. Yeah, Mike is like, "Whoa, what's going on here?" Like, there's this... like, should I pick up the can? And meanwhile, Carl's just like getting to second base with himself. Just why was his <laughs> hand under his shirt the whole time? <laughs> I don't understand. And then he was like feeling himself and he was just so like proud. I didn't understand that at (laughs) all. (laughs) That was such a strange uh, choice by the actor Um, or the director, whoever told him to do that. If I'm Mike and I'm walking up onto this scene, like they're kicking a can around, arguing about it. And maybe he knows he's her ex-husband. Maybe he doesn't, but anyways, they're just fighting about this can, and this dude's just, like, feeling himself. So you gotta think that they're, like, rolling hard or something, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have to assume there's some some slopes being <laughs> slopes <laughs> being dusted, you know? Yeah. Susan, there's a child around. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's, it's disrespectful, but it's hilarious, all in its own right. I one thing I did like about the 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 can toss the initial can toss 
if I remember correctly, I think Brandy throws it and looks. Oh, she doesn't even see it land. So to her credit, no, she doesn't know it didn't go in. Why was she throwing a can around? Was there? Did I just miss a recycling bin that she was aiming for? I think Susan was standing beside a, a garbage bin or something. Yeah. Oh, okay. That makes a little bit more sense. But it was still like, just walk the 10 feet and yeah, put it in. You gotta dunk that shit. <laughs> Kobe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we then go to uh, Paul and Zach. And there's no obituary for Mary Alice in the newspaper. Yeah, I thought that was sad that's like that's cold cold on on paul's part because like this is 2004 like obituaries were a big thing then yeah obituaries and newspapers when they were booming before (laughs) everything was online and you just post on facebook r.i.p nanny you know like (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah sometimes i would skim the obituaries on my way to the comics yeah yeah to see who died. Uh, Paul, I feel like, is refusing to let Zach grieve. Yeah, for I don't know exactly why yet. Maybe hopefully we find out. But yeah, he he's trying to erase her completely. He's like upset that her name is set. It's like a four-letter word in their house. Well, I mean mm-hmm. it is, but Mary Alice is much longer than four-letter words. That's yeah, I was just counting Mary. <laughs> <laughs> oh god and then paul says something or zach says something which is uh what if i don't put an obituary for you yeah and paul's like that's your choice and then says something really dark like yeah yeah you won't get the chance to or like assuming you outlive me (laughs) yeah Bro, what are your secrets? Like, what's happening here? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to wrap my head around that. This whole dynamic. I guess the point of the show is suburbia is weird. Yeah, but but the the, the implication there is that he's he's going to end Zach, right? Like, it's not. Yeah, the implication is like you know your mom killed herself and you're crazy too and it's not just like ah shit happens hey bada bing bada boom not my issue (laughs) (laughs) i wonder if he'll give zach an obit in that case though i feel like he's on a weird downward spiral and he just doesn't want to talk to anybody he's he's like locking himself away a lot yeah so he's that's how he's grieving Mm -hmm. yeah by hiding it we go to Gabby, who is on the phone talking about a baptism at church while also making out with her gardener. And then they get busted. He's busted by a child, a little a little girl through the window. I was thinking about this after I really like the escalation of like the uh, maybe suspicion, I would call it. But the escalation, they start off. Carlos notices the le- the length of the grass is yeah. not where it should be. And then he sees John's truck. And he's like, where's he at? And then he's doing some pantsless pruning. And then Gabby gets the perfect rose. Susan's and... like, what's this? Oh, John gave it to me. <laughs> and now, <laughs> Ashley. 
the little this is the issue with glass windows you know like big glass window doors yeah oh this is the issue with glass houses (laughs) (laughs) don't need to throw stones they can just look in they just look right in uh that's and then you know more things happen but we'll get to ashley later Susan and Lynette debrief about her flight, about her fight with Carl and how Mike saw it. Lynette says, don't worry about it. Who cares? And then she goes inside with her groceries and catches (laughs) Tom in like a semi lie because he's taking a picture of himself having a ball of a time while away at his tough corporate job. This exhausting, draining, incomprehensible. Yeah. Work retreat. Work he's trip. so exhausted. Yeah. And maybe he's exhausted because he's hung over because it looks like he had a margarita night. Yeah. He, he, t- he t- mm-hmm. tied one on? Is that the phrase? I guess that's what it is. Uh. Tied one on. He he got lit yeah. when he was off the clock at work. Well, we don't know that. Maybe he was getting paid to... Hey, that's true. And Carlos gets paid to do dinners and drinks and he did say that it was because he like said who the, like it was like board of director or ceo or something and he's like this was kind of like a business meeting but like nah, they were complaining about their wives <laughs> yeah for sure they were so drunk yeah and like it, she says that he's kind of like shirking his responsibility in the household uh and he's not accompanying Lin- lynette to social activities which is like things that would obviously fill her bucket and like make her feel appreciated yeah i think what a lot of these wives problems come down to is like they don't feel appreciated in a lot of different ways of their lives oh my god yeah yeah and like yeah so lynette doesn't feel appreciated at home and she's not because obviously uh and then lynette says something weird which bothers me and something i hate all parents saying which is he's gonna babysit the kids yeah, it's like, no, these are his kids. Those are your children. Yeah. <laughs> what? Is, yeah, there shouldn't be any added incentive or, or label to it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's wild. Uh, Gabby is on the hunt for this kid. But guess what? She's on her front lawn talking to Carlos. Yeah. And then rocking a mean Kubrick stare. The death stare, that's what I said, too. Yeah. Yeah. Kubrick stare, I didn't think about that, but now that you mention it, absolutely. She she looks like she would fit right in with Full Metal Jacket. Definitely trying to, like, unsettle Gabby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zach Young finds a gun in a shoebox in his garage. And then we can later see him. he's just sitting in the dark, just spinning it. The empty chamber. Like a, like a fucking like weirdo. Why didn't you lock up your gun? He's like, where did you find that? Well, you didn't hide it very hard, did you? It's in the literally the first box I opened, I found this gun. Yeah, I just moved one thing and there it was. Like, what did you do? And then Bree shows up to invite them to the memorial dinner. Zach needs it really, really badly. But Paul refuses. Yeah. Something I want to say, we don't have to touch on it too much, but maybe we can go into another subject about it. But, like, we do see Bree and Rex in their private or in their uh, therapy sessions, and she brings a tennis racket. Yeah, that's their cover. 
It's their cover, but like you can leave the tennis racket in the car when you get to the therapy office. Why do you have to bring it? <laughs> I don't know. In the it, office. If if you're trying to concoct this perfect alibi, you go into this building without your tennis racket, you tell people you're taking tennis lessons, someone sees you, you're like, what? To just trying to cover all her bases. Ashley Ashley pops up again and uh blackmails Gabby into getting her a bike. She doesn't know how to ride. Power dynamics, another another uh what is it? Manipulative queen, you know? A legit girl boss. Yeah, we love a child extortionist, you know. Flip that script. Yeah, do it, girl. She knows how to work the system. <laughs> I think that's the last we see of Gabby until the dinner party. It's true. Susan and Carl have a bitter fight where she slams the car. She's in a towel for whatever reason. She slams the car door to yell at Carl to leave and he drives away and she's naked. Oh, I, this is an iconic sequence. It, yeah. She picks up the fakest plant I've ever seen in my life to cover her body. <laughs> yeah. It's like. <laughs> But maybe that's just more proof that Susan, like, can't keep a plant alive. And so all of her plants outside are fake. Which, honestly, that is a move. Could be the move. I mean, when you live across from Brie Vandekamp, you want your property to look kind of nice, right? So. I would, yeah. Mm -hmm. Damn. But what would you do in that situation, though? If I was running around naked? Yeah, like, I'm... I'm grabbing doormats. I'm throwing a rock. I'm trying to create a distraction. So, like, I'm going to... Yeah, I'm going to try and find as much as I can. Uh, I don't know. My backyard is fenced and quite easy to get into. And I don't think my road is as busy as Wisteria Lane, but it is quite busy. Okay, yeah. You know, my neighbors across the street have a giant window and they're always in the living room. And they always wave at us when we go outside. So I assume that they would see it. Just let it hang out. They would just have to see it. <laughs> the dinner party begins. Uh, Carlos is there, which is weird because he said that he wasn't going to be able to make it to the party. And he Rex caved. crumbles so, so quickly when questioned about tennis lessons. And Carlos grills him so hard. Maybe not grills him, but it's like it's the most we've seen Carlos get mm -hmm. about anything that's not Gabby or like putting Gabby in her place. Like, yeah, it's a very strange, very strange interaction. Uh, the dinner party continues to be really awkward. Susan tries to tell everyone uh, about how Mike found her naked and helped her into the house. <laughs> yeah, Lynette talks about how her and Tom got kicked out of Disneyland because they did something on Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Gabby says that they broke a waterbed in Cancun. And then Bree drops a bomb. Rex cries, cries after he ejaculates. ejaculates. Like, that's so fucking, like, girl. Anyway, he moves out. I, I was watching with my, I was watching this episode with my fiance, and they said that line. They had remembered it. It was iconic. Also, this, right at the tail end of the dinner party, we get a little more sh of Mike and Susan, and they just have the most chemistry. They do. They're, like, clearly falling for each other. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was so beautiful. Uh, we get a quick little news segment that says that the toy chest has been found, and there are human remains inside of it. Oh, God. Yeah. 
I I saw the news. I didn't see what the story was. So thank you for that. Oh yeah, no, that's the. the uh, but so Paul turns it off, and, and but Zach was pretending to be asleep, and he heard the news. So he knows that the toy chest is Paul's because he saw him digging it up, mm-hmm. and now he knows that there was human remains inside of it. And he also knows that his father is trying to drug him and hide these things. Yeah, yeah. pretty scary. Everyone dishes about the party and how uncomfortable it is. Rex is moving out. Bree packs his bag. Everything has to be perfect. Susan apologizes to help move on. And this is something really sweet. Brandy apologizes to Susan. I was not expecting that. That was really nice. I was not expecting it. No. And then uh, Tom and Lynette, have a he feels guilty all of a sudden. And they have a little fiesta. Throws her a little margarita night. And he had that hat again. Like he, he did he pack it? He had to he pack it have. one way, maybe both ways. He must have packed it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Bree barges into the therapist office and steals a tape. It's Mary Alice's tape. Crazy. She was, I think, initially planning to steal Rex's. Yeah. And then why not steal both, though? <laughs> she didn't have enough time. She didn't have yeah. enough time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, we end with Paul moving away, which is what I was saying. Maybe he dug up the body because he knew that he was leaving Fairview. Oh, mm-hmm. and he's pounding his sign in at night. This guy does everything at night. What is this chaotic, evil sleep schedule? He is also coked out. Oh, uh... absolutely. This is just, <laughs> just like Wisteria Lane. It's always snowing. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Mary Alice, I really liked Mary Alice's end voiceover. Living in fear is not living at all. I needed to hear that. I did. I didn't hear that as well. Well, that's the episode, everybody. That was a great one. We don't have any time for any uh, fun segments. We'll have those for you next week. We will. We'll try. We'll try and not deep dive as much next week. But I think this was an iconic episode, so it had it, to happen. So much happened. So much happened. You know, I love it. You got anything happening coming up here, Mary? Or where can people find you? I have a lot. Well, you can find me on TikTok and Instagram at Mary was Forden. I have a lot of shows coming up on Vancouver Island in February. So follow me there and you will be able to see them. Where would I, what about you, Brett? I'm also on uh, the socials, just Instagram. You can find me at Brett McCrindle. And then as far as in real life, I am in a play that opens up here in Nanaimo on uh, February 18th, runs through the March 9th, and then I'll be in Vancouver for a couple shows in mid-March. Amazing! All right, everybody. Bye!